some of the automation stuff, you just got to do it once to yeah. get started. Yeah, you can always improve it and make it better and optimize it and you could do maintenance, but the bulk of it is a one-time thing. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Analysis Paralysis. Today, I'm here with Jaime, and we're talking about automation and his new automation business. So he currently has a marketing company, and he fell in love with automation after using it in his inside of his existing company. So he's been kind of developing the side company that he's been slowly transitioning into, focused more around CRM. He, his company specifically uses Agile CRM. So we have a lot of discussion about how you transition a company something that that I've been doing through over the course of my last eight years, what I started, the business that I started in web development, online marketing, similarly to him, he started in web development and he's doing a pivot that I just kind of went through. So there was some advice given and um, I got a lot from it from hearing what what he was going through and I think vice versa. It was a really enjoyable conversation and I really want to have a few more calls with him over the years to kind of just see where he's at, what difficulties he's been able to overcome from from talking about this. So enjoy the episode. Hi, man. Tell me a little bit about uh, your background. How did you get started in this area? How did you guys choose Agile CRM as a CRM of choice? And, you know, what kind of software are you using at the moment? Sure. Well, thanks. Uh, first of all, Alex, for having me in your podcast. This is great. I'm happy to be sharing all about the same passion that you and me both have yeah. about automation and efficiency. Uh, always happy to talk with someone who gets it. Yes. So I'll tell you a bit about myself. So I've been, uh, I guess, in business in my current company, which I'm the founder of Luminati for about four years. Okay. Uh, but I got started in everything related to business about age 17. Uh, I started doing web and graphic design uh, kind of in the last year of high school. Uh, that's kind of a sort of a long story, but it ended up in me having a freelance business for the weekends to do web and graphic design uh, while I had a full-time job in digital marketing. Uh, then I got an MBA, uh, which is a master's in business, and I focused in marketing. But then once I finished that, I really started working with lots of different uh, clients doing full-time work, uh, but on a per-project basis, doing um, things related to marketing, project management, some type of programming, because I studied business with information systems as my first degree. And then I realized, you know, I really need to uh, start my dream, which was to have my own company. So I said, okay, it's about time uh, to do that. And instead of just working alone, I'll, you know, get a team, start working on helping lots of clients. And to get back to how I got started into everything related to automation. So in my sort of first job where I spent the most time working, I had to do a lot of different things that would require for me to get creative in order to do a lot with a, a very limited uh, both budget and time. So I had to wear a lot of hats in sales, marketing, tech support, uh, you name it. So I basically had to find solutions both um, with either you know getting help from people, but in this case, mostly through software. So I focused on finding solutions that will help me digitalize everything to begin with. So at the company I work with, everything was really, really 
not digitalized. So I digitalized almost everything. And then I said, okay, now how do we make it even more smart? And so then we have less and less people involved. And that involved, for example, moving information from one app to the other, mm-hmm. uh, switching from old non-web-based applications such as QuickBooks not online, such oh, as a, a CRM that was not online, oh, and lots of other stuff. So that's kind of how I got started. I really just enjoyed and was super passionate about finding ways to link information, to work faster, to be more efficient mm-hmm. without one, having to hire more people, which is you know costly, or two, because it was such a small company, also not necessarily buying what was out there for mid or large corporations. Cause there's definitely, you know, lots of different solutions when it comes to software, but I needed to find something that was very, very affordable so that we could pay for it. And yet still have at least most of the features that were, let's say high end or more advanced features, mm-hmm. uh, but at a better price. That's yeah. kind of the truth. No, that, that's super interesting. What, what's funny is uh, my background actually is also web development. I started there and that's, that was kind of slowly what got me to where I am now um, web development, online marketing, some graphic design kind of like float over because you, you have to be front end developer a lot of the time yeah. you're building the interface. Um, I'd be curious, like any of the clients that you had as a web developer, did you ever transition them over to the automation space or, or did you just kind of like totally abandon that freelance and started this one fresh? Yeah. So no, for my you know, clients, when I was a freelancer, I didn't do any type of automation. So I was doing marketing stuff, of course, mm-hmm. uh, because I had a full-time job in marketing. Uh, but it never really caught my eye in terms of doing the automation for them uh, because I mostly work with small clients. Yeah. But uh, I did do a lot of this automation and, you know, as much as possible. This was already like 10 years ago. Uh, based on whatever tools we had back then, they were still, you know, much more pricier compared to what I know that we're paying today. There's so many much more affordable options. Uh, so yeah, th- this whole new thing actually just started with, you know, my company. In mm-hmm. fact, just three months ago, I launched a new website just to focus on this part of the business, which is all about uh, business efficiency, process efficiency, and automation. So it's called Bluminate, which mm-hmm. yeah. resonates with the company named Bluminati, which yeah. is my agency. So like blooming and automating together. Oh, that's great. Oh, okay. Interesting. I was wondering where the name came from. Um, so, so it sounds like your, your core company, I watched a couple of the videos that you had on your YouTube channel and it sounds like there, there's somewhat of a marketing spin in, in that company. So you talk about automation, everything like that, but, but it has like, I don't know, maybe, maybe leads being pushed from the website into the CRM, um, maybe dealing with, with kind of inbound, which like I, what I've been noticing, the more people I've talked to, there's some people that focus specifically on the business process. And that that's everything encompassing of the entire business. So that could be from yeah. a new lead uh, to the admin software and, and project management, everything in between that. And a few people have really focused more so on the marketing sales side of it. And they don't really touch the admin and the production side. So do you do it from the beginning to end? So someone becomes a customer, convert, uh, you know, they're a lead, you convert them to a customer. Now they're a project and you manage the entire process of the project and then the admin software do you do everything so i mean the, the, the so i have a team so i don't do everything on my own uh, when it comes to servicing you know customers that are hiring us for marketing or design or web design yes we basically hire uh, handle the entire process okay in terms of offering now as a service what we're doing for our own company in terms of how we try to find ways to automate as much as possible for our own processes now i'm offering the same for the clients so i guess to answer your question yeah, I do know and I see that there's too many companies already in general offering, you know, marketing and marketing automation. And I know the big 
and medium software companies that offer CRM with automation like Infusionsoft and Marquino mm-hmm. and HubSpot, they're already push, pushing that message a lot. And there's plenty of companies only focusing on the marketing and sales part of automation. So I definitely include it and it's probably the biggest part of it, but because of Agile, which is the tool I'm using, that it's not just for sales and marketing as well as Zapier, as you and me both know that you can automate so many other things. Uh, For me, it's a passion to try to optimize everything within the business Mm -hmm. to answer the question. So yeah, the things that I do and talk about when I discuss the subject are also involving many other aspects of the business. So when you choose to actually automate things, I think uh, you probably have a similar problem to me where if you're ever about to do something for a second time, you just go and like, well, why, why should I even do that? And you just start automating. But sometimes like what I've learned is I don't always have a refined process. So what I end up doing is I'll automate this process that isn't yet refined. And then I go to do it again and I have to re you know, build this new process and rebuild the automation. And you just keep automating the same thing over and over and over because you don't yet have this process. So like, I love working with companies that have been around for like 10 years and they have a process. They just don't have the software because it's like you can talk to them and they know what their process is. And it's just taking that and putting it into software, which is something that I can do so well and I love doing, but it's tough for my own business. Have have you experienced that? Very very much. Uh, One of the things... I remember, and I, I just uh, started working with both a friend and a mentor who uh, is helping me with a few things. And we were actually discussing the book, The E-Myth. I'm not oh, sure if you heard yes, of it. Absolutely, yep. Uh, but I did read that back in college or my MBA. And I remember the main message being, you know, write down all of your processes so it's easy to teach them to other people. So now that I'm working in this environment, I definitely think it's a big priority. And yes, uh, since about probably two or maybe three years ago, I started uh, writing down all of our internal processes of how we do everything, both for clients and for us. And, you know, there's a variation of format, but mostly like it starts in a Word document and we write down how we do everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's super important. And now as I keep hiring more people, I'm like, man, I don't have time to sit down with anyone and really spend all these hours or days teaching them everything. So I still do, but now I'm very, very cautious of how I use my time based on my wife's and family's feedback that I spend too much time training my team, which I think it's good. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe I should do it slowly and then either record stuff and tell people to learn on their own. And then once I see that they're really the right fit and I'm going to keep them around for a while, then I do invest more time. Well, so, so tell me about your actual core client base. Uh, do, you, do you only work with companies that either use or are willing to use agile and i'm guessing g suite is normally okay so you'll do anything like even if they're using oh office 365 you'll do that interesting so so So, i mean tell me about that i've i'll tell you my first in terms of experience with a crm because it's kind of sort of the base in in a way here uh the first crm i ever used was a non-web-based url right now i don't even remember what it's called um it was old, mm-hmm. but from there we switched to Salesforce, which is obviously uh, okay. web-based. And I really enjoyed learning everything because it was a big, you know, a big company and a big system. And this is already like 12 years ago. Um, but I never liked the interface and I've now used many different CRMs. And as long as the CRM has the functionality we need, and it's mostly, let's say, user-friendly, I'm willing to work with it. If it's something that is just going to make it so hard for me to teach my client how to use it, then I'd probably say no. 
Mm. So, so that's something that's interesting because I I tried to go that path. Um, there, I don't know if you're familiar at all with Streak CRM, for example. It's like built inside of G Suite or Gmail. Um, yeah. That was like one of the first uh, CRMs that I actually tried out a while back, and then you realize very quickly when the first time I migrated a client from. Uh, streak over to ProsperWorks. Oh man, like they don't use opportunities; they use boxes, and and a box is not necessarily an opportunity. And they had yeah. five of the same people because they were in different boxes, and and there's not one contact in five boxes. There's you yeah. know one contact in each box, so you have five dupe. Like there's just so much going on with that where the migration was very difficult. And I kind yeah. of made a, a conscious decision at that point that I'm like. While we can work with a bunch of different CRMs, I don't want to go in and support, say, like Streak CRM because I can't be that much of an expert in it. As much, like, yeah. and it, it doesn't make sense to that. Like, I agree if they're using, you know, people, leads, opportunities, companies that that generic kind of structure. But what's so crazy? I I was talking to Kelsey Bratcher. He's also in the group with us, and and he has a, a podcast similar, and he uses Infusionsoft, and he was explaining to me that like. Infusionsoft, they don't really use opportunities because opportunities inside of Infusionsoft suck, which is like mind blowing to me because we rely so heavily on opportunities and having separate pipe, like the process that our clients follow, the sales process, that's an opportunity process. And, yeah. and, and then, you know, project management, uh, service, everything is, is opportunity. So I'm like, how do you build process in a system that doesn't use opportunities? So like I, that opened my eyes just to the point where it's like, I, I maybe should just specialize. Like I know everything about prospects. Yeah. I know everything about their API. And you know what they can do, what you can do with it, what you can't, what workarounds exist that maybe it makes sense to just double down and be like, you know, we are the certified partner of X and you just focus on that. So, yes. So I will tell you, that's exactly what I chose to do. And that's why now, yes, I'm only certified with them, with okay. Agile. Uh, I've been using it obviously myself for a long time and I really love it. And they've mostly been, very open to my feedback. So they've actually launched quite a few features just because of me. Oh, that's great. Which is like, wow. Yeah. You know, Be I mean, obviously there are features that they saw that they're good for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's why they launched them, but Salesforce really, wouldn't do that. You know, no way. Salesforce is too big to do that. Yeah. But I mean, we're not going to waste time now with examples, but they've definitely done stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm proud that I told these guys they should do that. Mm -hmm. And now it's, now it works. And the turnaround was fairly fast. It was like within a few weeks or within a few months and they had the feature running. That's that's uh, incredible. I mean, that that's one of the things, honestly, that makes me want to use the smaller companies, even uh, the, the help desk software that we use that we chose to partner with, Help Scout. They're, they're small and they actually listen to us, you know, yeah. it, it, which is it's just there's something to having a role inside of, like i if i need like i love crm so much i love it love it love it that part of me was like i wish that i could build a crm but then you look at how many millions of dollars these companies are investing oh, yeah. and then you get close enough and you and you realize like these problems that they're solving like how do you relate contacts with opportunities and then how do you create these like relationships between databases and it gets so complex and you start understanding right. the difficulties of these problems for what the end user is like that should be so simple i should be able to link you know th this person was referred by them and it should show like it sounds so simple but then when you dive yeah. into it, it's like wow i could see there's a lot of time thought and and millions of dollars that go into that so this is my way of developing a crm just being close with prospects yeah. and, and giving feedback and being on the community forum constantly and just being involved so I agree with you completely. So because of that, I said, okay, I'm definitely going to focus on that because I've also learned uh, now that the business has been running for a while that if I really want to survive in, in general as a business, I want I need to specialize on something because if I do everything for everybody, which is kind of how the current 
business model of the agency that I have is, mm -hmm. I'm not able to target as easily one specific group of people because I do everything, which is both good and bad. Yeah. But mostly I can tell you now that it's not good. Yes. Because people are looking for somebody that's an expert in X, whatever mm -hmm. that X Absolutely. is. So I can tell you that I didn't want to choose any industry, so I chose not to be the marketing agency for, let's say, lawyers. Mm -hmm. So no, I didn't choose to specialize with any one specific industry, but now I did choose to specialize on basically helping people uh, to do everything re related to software and marketing uh, and automations. Uh, or I guess, to say it better, automation technology and automation processes, which is mm -hmm. why I launched this separate website so that eventually that's going to be our main business mm -hmm. because okay. I'm really passionate about it. Uh, I'm both a businessman and I have, you know, design knowledge as well. But in the end, this is the stuff that gets me excited, yeah. even though it's super geeky yeah. and ridiculous. But, mm -hmm. you know, finding problems is what I like to do. And not only finding the problem, but finding solutions. So that's why now on Zapier that on the group on Facebook, people are sharing challenges of mm -hmm. how, how to do X and Y. Like I'm personally writing, you know, to most of them and yeah. Trying to see at least it can be done. Yes, naturally, you know? that's like how your brain works, and that like I, I've been I, I'd be curious about how how you've gone about hiring people um, to to teach them and and to be handing things off to them because right now a lot of this is, is me and it's very difficult because like you're you're consulting when you're on a phone call oh, yeah. you know you're listening to their problems and you're trying to like in your mind it, it gets tough because if you're not talking to someone technical someone yeah. might ask to do something and then you like run through the API in your brain and you're like shoot that's not possible maybe there's a workaround and you're like. Like you're trying to problem solve it as you're on the phone call because you can't yeah. not. It just happens naturally. Yeah. And it's like, how do I get someone else like that to be able to help me? So I, the truth is, I don't have anybody hired for that part yet. Okay. It'll be me until I can find someone. And it's been the same process that I guess happened to me when I started my marketing company because I'm like, man, I know how to do so many different things. It's going to be hard to hire yes. someone and for me to trust them. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I, I got over it. I found good people. Uh, I'm very, very picky on how I, how I hire. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes I spend more time than I should trying to hire someone. Uh, but mostly it's worked for me, which is a good thing. And eventually I'll have to also let the new people that I'd like to hire to do this um, to also start working with me on this part of the business because I definitely need to hire someone. Uh, but I'll tell you what, in general, I'm mostly open to training someone mm -hmm. who's willing to learn. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the people who I hire for my marketing agency, some of them are not even actually the best fit for the role at all. Mm -hmm. But I can tell from their the way that they are excited about learning and how they go above and beyond trying to help. And they really prove to me and show to me that they want to learn. Mm -hmm. Then I give them the opportunity to like my main web designer. He's a graphic designer. Ah, uh, OK. Uh, my last marketing assistant was actually also a graphic designer. <sighs> Like, it's kind of weird, yeah. but I've been hiring based on how people, you know, tend to want to really grow. Yeah. That's, so. No, that's great. It makes it makes total sense. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious in general, understanding, like, what were the first... Well, I, I guess this is interesting. Like, you, you have a, a, a marketing company that you really are, are pivoting in a way, or at least yeah. spinning off. So mm -hmm. so I guess the, the initial hires that you had for the marketing company are probably different than the, the initial hires you'd probably need for the automation company, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Completely. Yeah, completely different. Because they got to think about, in this case, in a more, I guess, technical way. So, you know, I studied business with information systems, which is a business degree, mm -hmm. but with a little bit of basically technology. Yep. So I knew I didn't want to be a programmer, so I didn't study programming. Uh, and within business, I just found that 
San Diego State University had, you know, they offered this degree. I'm like, awesome. It's business, but it's really also tech. And the truth is, I never thought I'd actually use my degree. But now in the position I'm in, like, I know database design. I know how to manage wow. projects. Like, I'm like, wow, this stuff is helpful because uh, especially now that I'm kind of, yes, like you're saying, pivoting my company to this, which is also very technical, mm-hmm. it, it helps even more because, you know, I know what a primary key is for a database. Mm-hmm. I know, let's say, certain limitations that will help me answer somebody's question much faster than if I hire someone who might understand how to set up a Zap on Zapier or how to use a workflow on the CRM, but might not understand a few things that would determine, you know, whether something's possible or not. Mm-hmm. So, so let's take a look at like your actual existing clients because do you are, normally there's like a recurring vertical or some type of thing, yeah. right? Like, w- what are you kind of seeing that that fits well for you just from existing cu- customers and maybe more focus on the automation front because marketing and automation they're probably two totally different companies or maybe you try to make them work, but like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I would I didn't think you're gonna ask that because yes. So I'll briefly first say that most of my the life of my business has been mostly one-time projects mm. and the ongoing marketing stuff hadn't been a big focus. Now it's the other way around. Uh, I definitely made the effort to have more ongoing clients, which naturally is about marketing and the company is a marketing company anyways, mm-hmm. and less and less one-time projects about, you know, branding design or websites. Cause those mm-hmm. usually are just yeah. one time. But when I'm, when I try to figure out, okay, how am I going to you know make money and have a business that's related to automation I had to think of a way to be able to do the one-time setup because that's the reality, you know, some of the automation stuff, you just got to do it once to get started. Yeah. You can always improve it and make it better and optimize it. And you could do maintenance, but the bulk of it is a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a fact. So I currently have like two sort of offers. Uh, Both of them are to be completed within two or three months uh, in terms of me working with a client to set them all up. Uh, but then, you know, once it's done, okay, how do I actually continue to have the customer work with me and how do I continue to provide value? Mm-hmm. So I came up with a credit system. Think about it as a you know oh, point system. Okay. Uh, I didn't come up with the idea. Actually, a different company, I think they have a trademarked point system, uh, PR 2020. And the guy has like a whole other business just to sell you that idea. <laughs> The idea is simple. You you know you have packages that include credits, and those credits can be exchanged for different services. Mm. Um, I call those credits seeds, uh, just to relate it to my company with Blooming. Uh. So I call them seeds. But it's uh, the idea is after the third month, after we complete the one-time automation and setup stuff, month four, five, six, and on, uh, you could basically use those credits to both ask for ongoing maintenance for, let's say, your workflows or to continue to do things related to automation or use those credits to do anything related to what we do in terms of our marketing agency, whether that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, setting up an email template, writing content, writing a blog post, updating the website. So that way it's flexible because, yeah, the reality is I don't really yet know of a way to, you know, have an ongoing fee only for the automation, mm-hmm. or at so, least the client would be willing to pay for. Yes, yeah, so, so I, we could speak to that a little bit because I—that's I, been something that I've been trying to figure out and, and get working well for the past four or five years at this point. And okay. there, there's so much with like there's setting up an automation, yes, but you know what happens when it shuts off or it doesn't work or an, an API is updated or just you know whatever happens. Yeah. Um, that there's, there's, there's maintenance, there's ongoing, like I'm going to be there. So when a support ticket pops in 
from you know whatever API saying, hey, there's an error, we will make yeah. sure that we fix it immediately or review the data in it to make sure, you know, should this have pushed through? Like sometimes I'm proactively going in there and taking a look at a couple things and it's like, hey, did you did you mean for this? Oh shoot, sorry, I was testing. Yeah, we don't want that to go through to the to QuickBooks, for example, or whatever. Or you know, the the QuickBooks is super interesting too because like the display name needs to be unique. So if you two people named John Doe and it tries to add it, even though it's a unique email address, it's like error. John Doe already exists in the system. It's like, well, come on, like chances are you're gonna have two people with the same name at some point in your company. So we've kind of like worked through these edge cases that pop up and just, so what we've really been doing is giving ongoing consulting uh, maintenance. And then we're also like proactively. So for one client, we may build out a solution and then realize, Hey, client a client B, we can help you out with the same thing. Like I know we weren't really talking about this, but it works so well for this client that let's do it with you. So it's more like uh, on a quarterly basis, we'll have a, uh, kind of like a review or a discussion to talk about what we accomplished the past quarter and what we're looking to accomplish the next quarter. But it's just like ongoing c- consultation. So uh, someone says, you know, hey, I, I want to do this, this, and this in my CRM. They may want to just go and throw a bunch of custom fields in there. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced yeah. that. And you look yeah. at it and you're like, hey, we already have this data in the system. We only need to add one custom field for this. And we'll use this, this, and this the way that like it's just more organized. So it's like yeah. we want our clients to come to us for even things that that seem a little bit simple or small because we've seen what happens when a client just runs with it and how many custom fields and things get created and data just gets messy. You know, people yeah. don't want to fill out a bunch of different fields. So we've been trying to partner up in the stance of, we're just we're just like available as a partner of yours to yeah. make sure that you're using the CRM, making sure that you're using automations. And when a new project pops up along the way, we'll charge for the the project. And then we have yeah. these automation tiers. So like, hey, you have ten custom automations, which is like super complex. You have four, um, you know, advanced automations and 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 ten basic automations. We need to move you up to the next tier because it's going to take more monitoring time and things like that. Sure. Where I think so many people are so uh, set. In thinking that you set up an automation once, you never have to touch it ever again, and it's done. Oh, you know? I completely agree with you, which is why you know with this point system, I guess I'm giving clients the option to continue to ask for help, mm-hmm. definitely within the automation space or with the marketing stuff. Because you know, mm-hmm. I guess something I haven't mentioned is I try to be super fair and super transparent in oh, how yeah. I work with my company. So I want to make sure that if people are paying me, they're getting you know their money's worth. So. Yes. Not that it would be a problem to charge a client every month uh, and not do anything if they're not asking for it, but a lot of companies do work like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are okay paying with it, but I'm like, you know, it's kind of not fair that if, I don't know, for four or five months, let's say the client didn't ask for anything. Yes. I'm still charging him. I don't feel good about it. So. Yeah. That's the value. Okay. So like we are in a a consulting business in some regard, it's heavily consulting and consulting Mm -hmm. is value-based pricing. So the mindset of I'm charging you for 30 hours in exchange for this dollar value doesn't make sense. That's not what the point is, you know, the, the larger companies you work with, the more value that building one automation does for them. So in a small business, you may save someone three hours a week because you built something, but in, in a large business, you may save them 30 hours. So why should you not get, you know, some amount 
related to that amount of value that you're giving, right? Like, oh, if, I, I so, agree. so I, right. I, I totally agree with because I'm the same way, like super transparent, like part of the podcast and like any of my clients can listen to this or talk or hear my pricing model and actually like all this stuff like that, totally open yeah. to it. Right. But the thing is like, if I'm working with a client and there hasn't been a clear value exchange within a few months, I get, I start getting stressed out and I'm sure you do yeah. too, that it's like, this doesn't feel right. And you, and that's where you start going above and beyond. Like, all right, I'm going to review what we've done for them and, and take, Hey, you know, I, I, I could actually implement these three things and I'll do it for free. I won't even charge them. Or the next time they ask me for a project, maybe I'll just do it because and not charge them for it. Like that's where you kind of, we're service-based business. Like we kind of have a product and that the automation system and everything is kind of a product, but we're still service-based business. You want to keep your clients happy. They will refer you. And you know, as long as I can help a company grow, then they're going to use us more and get more value from the automation and they're going to see more value in us. So it's like, it, it is tough though to, to charge, especially like I, especially the MSP space that, that was what killed me, I guess, because it's proactively monitoring computers of like, Oh, a virus came in and we're fixing it and things like that. And that's yeah. where months go by three, four five months go by where you don't touch anything and they're paying you. Yeah. And then they'll say, you know, what are we paying you for? And it's like, we're paying, you're paying us so that your server doesn't go down. Has your server gone down the past four months? Well, no, it hasn't. It's, it's almost like they, they want the server to go down for them yeah, to realize yeah, yeah. like, oh, that's, to yes. So I realized it was such a, 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 an opposite value exchange. Whereas the automation, yeah. like, that's why I love it so much because it's so clear that you're saving people time that it's just like envision turning off all of the automations. What would your life be like? I can't even possibly imagine. It's like take, taking your phone away. So like yeah. that's where you can start charging value and not feel bad about it as long as they're getting True. more value. Like, you know, if you're giving them two, three, four, five times value, then don't be afraid to charge, you know? That, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm in a way a little bit behind you when it comes to the business model for this part mm. of what I'm trying to do. But uh, I definitely agree with you that, you know, you are doing a lot of value. I mean, I've actually also already charged twice only for consulting where literally the, you know, my client paid me for two hours of my time for me to speak with them about anything related, of course, to automation and how to improve their processes. And I mean, man, it was so valuable to them. And I mean, the guy told me, he's like, listen, I'm of course willing to pay for it because you've done all the research, all the homework, you know, this thing inside out, these two hours are like super golden in terms of you know, me not having to go spend all this time and money figuring it out on myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, by myself. Yeah. So, and, and that's actually something interesting I've been working with lately. I actually just shifted my my business model, pricing model around a little bit. Um, we used to take on more clients, but now we're being more selective. Where, like, if you're not using Prosperworks and G Suite, we're just not a good fit. And, and actually accepting that, right? Like, so there's someone that comes up and they're like, Hey, we're using QuickBooks online and Harvest and, and, and PandaDoc. And like, those are partners of us, but it's like, you know, are you using ProsperWorks and, or are you willing to use ProsperWorks? No, I, you know, I, there may be someone that's a better fit and just being okay with that turning workway, being okay with saying no. But then yeah. what that's also introduced me to, to be doing lately is that if someone comes to me and they just like, hey, we just want to do a quick one-off project. We just want to link QuickBooks and Harvest. Can you help us with that? Well, absolutely, we can help. But, you know, our hourly rate, quote unquote, that we do for the implementation, that yeah. comes out to like 130 an hour type of thing. But if you're just trying to hire us for a one-off project, our hourly rate is four or $500 an hour. Sure. Because the goal is to get you as a client for the next 10 years and, and have that yeah. value exchange that there's a cost, there's an opportunity cost with taking on a client to just do a quick project. So I what agree. we've been looking for is like, 
man, I want a, a company that wants to partner with us. I want a company that wants us to get involved in their business, learn everything about their business, their industry, and like learn what they what they need done because I yeah. think there's so much more value there. I, I completely agree. So yes, it, that's definitely the challenge. Uh, and not only having someone that understands you, but that is willing to also, you know, try it because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been discussing this a lot with, an intern that I had and with my team and with the mentors, like there's all this value, but sometimes some of these things are so completely alien to so many people that have never heard of them that, uh, and I'll tell you a perfect example. So I'm a speaker at an organization called score, okay, uh, which is a nationwide organization. They basically provide free mentorship uh, all around the U S they have chapters everywhere. So I've been a speaker with uh, score.org for a while and I introduced a new topic here in San Diego. Uh, in this case, it was, you know, CRM and automation, how to, you know, save time and money uh, in your sales and marketing, you know? And I had 12 different ways to do it. And the first, I mean, I think I've spoken already maybe six times and most of the sessions have been, you know, full and people like it and they like it even more once they actually get there and understand what I'm actually talking about, not just from the title and yeah. the feedback's been amazing. Yet, uh, the last time it was scheduled for, which was, I think a month ago, only one person signed up. They ended up canceling it mm-hmm. because some people don't understand what a CRM is. And then we changed it to automation hacks. And then it's like, okay, what are automation what hacks? automation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is automation? And how does it really help my business? So I literally have right now the challenge because the next one is uh, scheduled for August. Mm-hmm. Like if nobody signs up for that, that's it. I'm not speaking on score. Yeah. And you know, it's sad for me, but it's actually very sad for the score mentors, mm-hmm. like the people who chose and approved for me to go because they know that the value that I'm providing to the people that come is amazing. Yeah. So it, now it, it's like, it's a marketing challenge. Yes, it, it, it is. And it, what's funny is like your background is in marketing. You have a marketing agency, but isn't it, isn't it tough to figure out the marketing of this specific thing? Well, Cause yeah, I, I've changed my branding. Oh man, for my company, I've changed it a dozen times now. And yeah, I was really sitting on automation. Like, well, we automate your business, automate your business. And then it's like, the average person is thinking automation is like robots, machines, factories. And it's like, but that's not really what we do. So, uh, that's where I think part of the, the, I guess the, the, the marketing terminology that I've been able to work around a lot of the time has been going to doubling down on Prosperworks and G suite, because it's like, now we're focusing on customers that like we're working with a potential customer right now. And they found us because they searched Google for Prosperworks expert. Boom, yeah. you're someone that already has a CRM. They already have Prosperworks. They've already played with it. They're just looking for, for sure. an expert that can help guide them along the way. And it's a business process, business automation integration project. But they didn't yeah. search Google for business process automation That's efficiency. True. Like they searched for Prosperworks experts. So. And you know, and I'll tell you though, because as much as I actually do love the agile CRM software, because it is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also very, very affordable, which is why I'm also using it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, the good feedback about them adding new features and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's all great. But when it comes to the partnership program, I'm only one of three. Okay, that's good. I don't have that much competition. It's a oh, very friendly wow. new program. But okay. the truth is, I'll tell you a perfect example. And I'm going to send this link once you have this live to the guys at Agile because <sighs> the partner program guys, like they're all very nice and they replied to me, but they, they don't understand uh, business. And look, mm. this company's in India. Okay. Nothing against the Indians. They're great at programming. Now they have an office in Texas, in the U.S. for okay. sales and marketing. So now they're definitely targeting the U.S. market. 
but certain things they just definitely don't understand. And I'll tell you the easiest example. You know what an affiliate system is. Yes. Yep. People in our space do, mm-hmm. right? You get some type of link. That link usually sends people to the company's homepage. Yep. And then no matter what page people visit, if somebody signs up, you'll get credit. Yes. Okay. Now this, which is such a simple thing, these guys' systems, the affiliate link only takes people to a very specific registration page, a landing page that only has a form and the form says sign up. That's it, Mm -hmm. which is the most stupid landing page for people to suddenly sign up when they haven't heard of Agile and they haven't learned what Agile does. And I told these guys, guys, if you can't develop the affiliate system with your programming team, literally just go buy one, Mm -hmm. install it, and send me a link that I can send people to your homepage, not to a registration page, so they can actually learn about what you are, and then I'll get credit. Mm -hmm. It's been like, Probably about six months have passed and these guys haven't real, I mean, they realize it's important, but not important enough to implement it. So so this is, this is going to be an interesting discussion here. Um, So, so a question along the lines with that is if, if someone signs up and uses it, do you get a commission credit or do you have to resell the software? Is then it goes through you, they bill you and you bill the client? No. So they got like two parts, but the, let's say the affiliate system Yes, I, I would simply share a link. And if okay. they sign up, I would get credit only as a one-time commission, sort ah, of like gotcha. host. Yep. Only if you go now as a partner where you are reselling the software mm-hmm. and then you get above X amount, then they do give you recurring commissions. But okay. I already told them, guys, I'm literally going to stop promoting you actively because you guys haven't freaking figured out mm-hmm. how to send me an affiliate link that I can send people to your homepage. I'm not going to send people to reg- a registration page. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, but again, they've been open. So whenever I tell them, look, this and this person who I spoke with probably signed up with Agile and they're your customers, they're like, okay. you need to give me credit. Yeah. Okay, they give me credit. But the point is, it's a technology company. Yeah. I shouldn't have to do this manually, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not happy with their partnership program in the sense that they haven't done even the basics. Mm-hmm. And I know that's for a different discussion, but point being, uh, that part is lacking, and okay. I have already hired a, a team to do a little explanation or explainer video to talk about this new side of the business for automation for what I offer. Mm-hmm. And I was about to approve the script, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just talking about Agile, and I'm not going to do it because these guys are not mm. you know, putting the focus on really helping their partners. So now okay. I, I haven't finished the video, but I'm going to make it a little bit, unfortunately, let's say broad, and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to help you automate and all this stuff without saying only Agile. I'll mention it, but it mm-hmm. won't be only about Agile because, you know, maybe tomorrow I see Prospect Works is better mm-hmm. and tomorrow maybe there's an even better one. So mm-hmm. now I know that I don't want to marry myself to them mm-hmm. only because they haven't done what I think they should be doing, right? So, so, so hey, like, um, I'll tell you a little bit about Prospect because I would love to get more, more uh, people, resellers. Like, I don't see you as competition. There's so much business out there um, yeah. currently right now. And what they do, so th- this is where it's a little bit tough. You have to sell 10 seats initially, and then you could become a reseller. So you're just okay. a referral partner, and yeah, it'll link to whatever part on the site, and if someone signs up, it'll be fine. Like, there's not that issue. Um, but then when you're a reseller partner, they invoice me, and then I invoice my clients. And I have to okay. sell either an annual commitment or a, an annual payment for my clients. So if, if they want to do month to month, they have to go through the website, and you're paying an exorbitant price doing month to month. Like, they marked it up even more. Um, yeah. cause they really don't want that happening, but they've been developing a partnership program. So two and a half years ago, 
I reached out to them. I was like, I love your software. Do you have a partnership pro program? And they're like, well, we don't. We're thinking about hiring someone. And then they ended up hiring someone and building it out. So over the course of the past two and a half years, they went from 40 employees to 200 and they have 83, $87 million in venture backing. They're, they're growing substantially and they're developing the partner program to the point where right now I just went on, they have regular partner calls now and yeah. they're, they're doubling down on their partnerships. They're like, shoot, we, we want right now about 10% of our business comes from partnerships. We want about 25 plus percent to be coming from sure. partnerships. So, so it's see, like, they're, they're smart. They're totally investing in it. And you know, it's sort of, I mean, I'm not blackmailing the Agile CRM partner guy, but I'm like, listen, Infusionsoft, which is a much bigger company compared to them, yep. but I think it's too expensive. It's like literally four times the price of what you'd pay for Agile. Uh, you know, it depends on the users and stuff like that, but as an idea. Mm -hmm. I told the guy, listen, these guys from Infusionsoft already hosted a live event here in San Diego. They took us to a really fancy restaurant. They gave us steak and all this stuff for basically getting people to join them as partners. Like it's amazing. Okay. They have the cash. They've been around for many years. Then I went to a second one where I was a panelist and I spoke about automation. And I was like the only guy there who wasn't an Infusionsoft partner yet. I was in the Infusionsoft panel talking about in general what I'm doing, which is related. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like telling these guys, from Agile, guys, this company clearly is like 10, 20, 15 years ahead of you. You should be listening to what they're doing and started to implement it. Kind of telling them, hey, knock, knock, if you guys aren't going to start doing something, I might not stick around. Mm -hmm. Well, well, so I think that's something that's probably a little bit different, difficult. Like I'm looking at the Agile pricing right now, free for the first 10 users um, and then starters $8.99 per user, then $29.99 and $47.99. So their pricing tiers are, are, are low. Like you look at HubSpot, you know, HubSpot CRM, it's free and everyone gets sold on that, but they are a marketing software. Like they have the marketing software that starts oh, yeah. at 200 plus per month and that's what they want to get you on. They want you using their CRM so you find their marketing software and of then you course. buy that. So it's like, that's where things are a little bit difficult. Like Agile CRM, like, I wonder if they'd be able to invest more into the partnership program if they were charging more, right? Like, that, that's the trade-off. Prosperworks, sure. like, they're not super cheap. They have a they have a $19, uh, dollar, like, it's $24 if you go month to month, $24 per user per month and maximum of three users on that tier. And then you have to jump up to the middle tier, which month to month is 69 bucks, And then the highest tier, which I really don't recommend to many companies, there's very specific use cases, you're going to be at, like, $139 per month. So really... The, the $69 per month per user is the normal tier that you're, you're going to be signing up with them, which is significantly cheaper than Salesforce, but oh, yeah. it's significantly more expensive than an Agile. But hey, they, sure. they can now hire people and they have the resources to develop a partner program. They, my, one of my largest clients right now was referred to me from ProsperWorks. And okay. that's because I've gotten close with them and they, they're like, okay, well, he knows what he's doing. I always work on them, you know, give feedback on APIs and stuff like that. Now it's like they're sending me work and, and it, it just is this, this beautiful relationship that happens. Sure. From that, right? I, I, I agree. And that's the thing. That's what I'm, I'm kind of missing. Like I, I already asked to speak with the CEO of Agile so many times, mm -hmm. but you know, I've also been to India like twice and like, uh, I know how Indian society is. It's very tiered based okay. and like, you know, the partner guy is not going to go talk to the CEO that some random customer wants to talk to them, even if I'm a partner, because mm -hmm. that's not how business is done there, right? Okay. Um, yet, in, when I gave feedback to other companies in the US, like I was speaking to the owner and founder, like within a couple of emails because they were new and they wanted to grow and like yeah. customer feedback is the most important. Yes, so, absolutely. You know, where's Prospect Works based out of? Uh, San Francisco. 
Okay, so yeah. it's a com- U.S. company. Yep. Yeah, U.S. company, and the the CEO John Lee, he's had a few successful exits in other companies. So like he he's he's been through this, he's done this, and and they're looking yeah. to you know take Salesforce head on in that. Like we want to destroy the SMB market and start moving up. They're moving to mid market now. And yeah. the the interesting thing, I think this is something that that I this realization I, that has happened recently is I used to only be dealing with SMB, and when I say SMB, I'm meaning like small small businesses, so like yeah, less yeah. than you know between five and ten employees, owner operated. The problem with that is they feel like that you know the money that we're charging them is coming out of their pocket, and and uh, inversely the food that they put on the dinner table for their children. And it's like yeah. when you view a business that way. That's really like a, a lifestyle or a freelance business. It's mm-hmm. not someone that you can really, really help grow because really our best client is one that wants to grow. We want to put these systems in place so they grow because that's, yeah. you know, so I think that's the biggest thing where um, I've been moving a little bit away from that to now our, the smallest client we really want to work with is probably doing about 1.5 million a year or more. And that's like the minimum. And we're starting to move more into mid-market, so like large, small business or small, medium business. And yeah. that's where ProsperWorks is as well. And that's when, guess like, that is the perfect market of when you really need consultants like us, right? Sure. Like, it's not just I, installing ProsperWorks and installing a CRM and letting it go. It's like, no, we want this to integrate with our marketing so- software, with our QuickBooks Online, with this, 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 and this, and we need help. And and ProsperWorks, like, they want to close the deal, but they're a software company. So they're like, hey, let's pull in our partner on this to help us close this deal so we can get the yeah. software revenue. And we know that you guys will treat them well and support them and, and, and automate for them. It's like that, like... The marriage happens when you're moving up market a little bit. We're not talking enterprise. That's a I completely agree. world. I, I completely agree. And that's true. And that's kind of also something that I'm afraid of because, you know, some clients now from Agile are approaching me because now I'm listed on the website as a partner. Yes. Uh, but, you know, if they're not going to be able to invest what's needed. And by the way, I really don't charge a lot at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, my prices with you later, but... Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to be starting with helping much smaller clients, just like I started when I had my marketing agency. Yes. Like I was helping really, really small clients. You learn, I'm you like, build, you know. I'm going to build it until, you know, I'm not going to have time to deal with smaller clients because I'll be busy. Yes. I'm busy with that, right? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, both for the automation part and, you know, marketing clients, when it's just one or two or five person team, it's like I'm dealing with the founder or the owner, like that guy's so busy, mm-hmm. he can't sit down. And I have literally three examples like right now that I yeah. could give you. They don't have time to sit down and organize their contacts before we can import them from Google contacts into the CRM. Yes. Yep. You know, it's going to take him three weeks or and, a month or five months. I don't know. And implementation is going to take just as long for him as it is a 20 person company. And you can charge a 20 person company a lot more than one person. So it's like, and that's where it like, it it sucks. And I I come back to a lot of this where I'm just like, I got started in the small business space. My stepdad's uh, company, a a construction, they do bathroom and kitchen custom uh, remodeling. They were my first core, core, core automation client. And we implemented mm-hmm. like proposal software, PandaDoc and Prosperx CRM. And we did all of this stuff and made him more efficient to the point where he starts scaling. And like, I love small business. Like I helped someone, I changed someone's yeah, exactly. life, but that's where it gets to this point where it's like, 
how long did it take me to get him into the mindset of growth? He wasn't even in the mindset of growth until the tools were in place that like finally he just hired another salesperson. They're going to double in size for the year simply because they have the system in place and he hired someone because he wants to grow. So if you're working with companies that don't want to grow or they don't know what they want to be when they grow up or they're just comfortable with what they're doing, yeah. it's, it, it's not really your ideal customer as much as you want to help. Like everyone I meet, like anywhere, it's like, I, I, I can help you. I, I want to help. And then I have to reel myself back. I can't always do that. You can't scale a company by helping everyone, right? I, I agree. So no, great, great points. And yeah, that'll be the challenge for me to figure out. So right now, the truth is, even though I love all this technical stuff and doing all the actual work, uh, the guy who's my mentor, his name is Rene. He's got a company that's actually a software company, but now he's also helping his clients through consulting. So he's a software engineer, mm. but now he became a marketer because his software is kind of like a landing page for Facebook. It, it installs a Facebook tab or a page within your Facebook page so that you can send people from a ad to a landing page and people can sign up directly through the Facebook login and then they stay on Facebook. Okay. Okay. The point is that's what that is. But now as I'm speaking with him, you know, we've been discussing, you know, how will I present myself to the world that I want to, explain, you know, how I help companies and how I can help businesses. Mm -hmm. And we've definitely now through, like, I think we've had four or five sessions now. He's like, yeah, we got to totally focus on the mindset and on the value of what this does yeah. and not on the technical stuff of how you get it done, which yeah. the reality is that's what I'm really passionate about. Me and too. that's why people who've approached me, they're like, wow, I don't even understand probably what this guy yeah. even talked about, but he clearly is so passionate about it. Yeah. And it looks like he knows what he's doing. I'll hire him. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, so I got to shift my focus in terms of how I speak and speak more to the benefits and values to not confuse people. Because yes. you know, the first thing I do is I show them this like uh, map that I created, which I call it the software stack. And I'll share it with you later. I saw it. I saw it. You, you, I, yep, I shared it with yep, you. So yep. like, it's good. And like, if I explain it to you, you'll get it. Yes. But it took me a little bit to skim like, through it before it starts like, okay, and like, okay, so I can pick this, this, and this, and this is part of this tier. Like it starts connecting, right? But it's like for, for the someone like understanding that you may be working with someone that is not at all technical and yeah. the larger the larger businesses you work with it's all about problem solving like they have a boss that wants something done and if they yeah. come to you and they don't really know what it is that you're saying and it's been so tough for me as well because like I, I i love having the data myself where i could just code and automate and like just doing that and get into that yeah. and one of my close friends i have conversations with them all the time that is just like um it's this interesting thing because he's actually one of my clients and we'll have these discussions where it's like, hey, do you think that you can do this? And then I get all technical. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we can do this through this. And, da, 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 da. and then he's like, I have no idea what you just said. Does that mean yes or no? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. you know, we can. And I, the more that happened, I realized, like, that's not what they want to hear. Like, he's just yeah. he's like, dude, I have more than enough I need to get done right now. And sometimes you need a friend to just like you know just tell you how it is it's like that's i don't true. need to know the technicals just can i do it or no i need because i need to report to my higher up if we can do it or not and that's all yeah. that's all that's right it. so um it, it is tough and i think part of it is the sales standpoint going from being technical i was a web developer you were a web developer we're, we're in the code and it's taking a step back and and i think like a lot of this comes from like a genuine place we want to help people we're transparent i think yeah. there's value running a business and being transparent but at the same time, like you, you sometimes need to be a salesman, right? Like, it, yeah. it, and it, and it hurts sometimes, right? Like it, where it's just like, you know, I, I want, I just want to be honest with you here. Like I'm actually giving you a discount. You know, when people say that you're giving a discount, no, like I'm actually giving you a discount 
and trying to get it across. But it's like the best salespeople just sell and they don't have to do these tactics of like, no, I swear, like we really like just whatever. You know, I, I agree. And I'll tell you, because one of my best friends, too, he's my client as well. And so because I can also speak with him or he can speak with me freely, he's like, Jaime, like, I know you can do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that you're good at. But then also because he's my friend, I really don't want to push it at all. Like, I really don't care. I'm really here to help him. But mm-hmm. he's the type of guy that if you don't push him, it's not even about the price. It's about just closing yeah. something, something down. He's like, you know, Jaime, you got to be a little bit more pushy. Like, it, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's part of your job. You need to close sales, even with me. It's and it's tough, man. Like, and, and I'm the same way where it's just like, I don't want to inconvenience you. Like, if we're going through the sales process right now, like, I, you know, there's all of these things like that. But I think that's really the difference. You need to be good at that to grow a company. And, and some yeah. of it takes time. I'm super introverted deep down. And like, uh, for me to even kind of get in the, the talking mood that I'm in right now, it takes me a bit to warm up. And uh, I actually had a, a, a sales call this morning. And that's what really warmed me up. Like I'm, I'm in a pretty good mode right now, but it takes me time that like, if I'm coding and I get a sales call, I am so thrown off. Like, oh man, I, it it takes me five, 10 minutes to get into that mode. Whereas if you're just doing sales all day, every day, then you're always in that mode, you know? That's true. So do you have anyone that, that aids you in sales or is that primarily (laughs) your, that that's a great, great question too. So the short answer is no, I don't have one yet. Okay. I have someone who's sort of, uh, I, I'm going to pay her for a month of work to see how she's doing. And if she does a good job, I'll hire her. Okay. I'm not sure I'm going to hire her. Uh, and that's also another story. But I've had several failed attempts at hiring somebody in sales that's good. I've heard of that. Uh, yep. Yep. And I know that's for a different conversation that we could speak about it a lot. But um, yeah, it, it's tough because I have so much, so much technical background that I know I'm the best for sure closer because I'm going to answer absolutely everything yep. that you're going to ask me. But now I definitely know that I don't have to be the person following up and doing all the grind, which I shouldn't have to. Yeah. So I'm basically having somebody to help me do that stuff that it's sort of you know boring and repetitive of sending emails, following up with people. But once people are ready to talk to me, okay, I'll mm-hmm. definitely talk to them. But yes, like the whole other process of getting, you know, finding the leads, talking to them and reminding them that they need you is the part that I don't want to do. And the truth is in many cases, I, you know, don't do it one week or two. And then my CRM tasks to follow up with people for my own company just pile up. Same, same here. And, and I think the, the part that comes with that is, is also breaking the mold and the idea of, of that in some regard, I've, I've been trying very hard where it's like, you don't as, as as much as you feel like, and as much as I feel like, we have to know every answer to the phone call to to the client or the potential client on the phone. You know there is higher authority, and having someone who doesn't necessarily know. Okay, so I I wrote down that these are the four things that you're saying that that you you know you have questions about and you need help on. If I can get you these answers, you know what do you say? Like, there's a good salesperson is able yeah. to take that and not have it trip them up and and make a a, a potential customer fall through. And then, you know, the way I've been thinking the same way where it's like maybe that initial call or, and then, and I kind of took a step back. The initial call doesn't even make sense for me to be on it. The set, like the, the just needs discovery meeting, you know, maybe even where you're showing us your existing workflow that I mm-hmm. need to be on that call for sure. Absolutely. Sure. And I'll take notes and I'll have, you know, great. But then like, that's where I need someone to then jump into PandaDoc for us, use the, the proper templates, use some of the notes that I wrote up and, and build it out. Like it's fairly templatized at this point. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying. Like the, the ongoing follow-up and things like that, that's what someone else needs to do. So it's like figuring yeah. out where you fit 
within that to, to maximize your time on growing the business and everything else. And so one of my mentors, he's based in Mexico City. Um, he actually just hired a CEO for his company. He's been in business for for quite some time now, and he's grown super successfully. He's seven, eight employees doing exactly this stuff. And he finally was like, you know what? I need to hire a CEO. And the CEO immediately was like, as bad as it sounds, we need to get rid of some of our existing clients. And he's like, but they're paying us four grand a month. He's like, they're not the right customer. And it's like, can you imagine that? But like the vision that the CEO has now and what he gets to do now, my mentor, he gets to work in operations, which is what he loves, building the automations, building the strategy. Here's the software we're going to be using. Here's what we're going to do. And the more I think about it, I'm like, I love that standpoint. Like, I love that. Like, I I would be totally down if the majority of my time was on that, working on on the big wheel partially and then also the the strategy. And that's the stuff that's so fun where it's like, does this work with this and this and this? Well, if it does, like, how what do we need to do to get that to work? And that's interesting and fun. And like, that's what hours will just vanish, you know, and that's a good place to spend your time. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I'm totally, totally with you. Well, you know, when it comes to that, I'll, I'll tell you, because now as I'm speaking also with now my mentor in terms of what I'm going to be doing, uh, and also now it's related because I'm launching a new company. <laughs> the why is or maybe for also a longer talk, but it's a virtual assistant from Latin America. Mm, okay. And the name that I gave it virtual latinos.com. Mm, okay. Uh, it basically was born out of the need of me to hire more people. Uh, most of my team has always been in the US, but now starting like last May, I started hiring people abroad uh, in the Philippines and in yep. Mexico. And I know that there's a huge potential and it's nothing new. People are already doing it. Oh, for sure. I was late to the game on purpose because I wanted to keep people in the US to give mm-hmm. US-based people work. Uh, but point being now hiring people uh, from all around Latin America since I built uh, this new business and... So it's not even live yet, uh, except the landing pages where I'm, you know, getting leads of both people who want to work and people who want to hire workers. But I can tell you that uh, my point here is I know that when it comes to automation, yes, a lot of stuff can be automated, but you still need humans. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be combining, let's say, my main value proposition to helping potential clients uh, with a combination of both, you know, how to automate your business through software mm-hmm. technology plus outsourcing, in this case, yeah. outsourcing outside the U.S. just to keep costs low, which is, you know, kind of the idea. It, 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 what's crazy is if you actually take a look at the web development companies in the U.S., you you pretty much have to outsource to, you know, the Philippines and Morocco and these, you know, you have to in order to compete. I, there's very few companies that I know of are fully based in the U.S., especially in web development, which and like that was honestly one of the reasons that I got out of web development was because I wanted to build 10, 20, 30,000 dollar custom, awesome, correctly built websites for, for yeah. clients. And then it got to a point where I was like in building Squarespace sites for people for a thousand bucks. And I'm like, this isn't my passion. Like it, web yeah. development was when I was doing custom, I was staying up to date on like, man, G, this new G grid system, the CSS grid system using Flexbox, yeah. Flexbox. And like, oh, this is so cool. And then you start realizing like business value, business value. They don't care that you're using G. They don't care that you're using Flexbox. And yeah, true. so, and then it, it just gets to this point where like, you the the value is pushed down so much 
means they yeah. can go to a different company that's outsourcing. What's so bizarre too, though, is like, you know, the hourly rate is lower. So the like, you know, hire blah, blah for $25 an hour. Like our web developers are $25 an hour, but there's also a level of efficiency there too. Completely. You know, that, that it's like, great. Like now you're only paying $70 an hour. Like, uh, you know, someone maybe in the US space, because there's also language barriers that are difficult as well. You know, there's just so many things that happen that Completely it's, agree. I, I just like, I realize like, I don't want to be in that space anymore. And, um, because I don't know, it, it just, it, everything that got me really passionate about it. Like I feel right now toward automation and CRM, you know, that, that just started dying. And I'm like, I cannot be driven by a business that I'm just doing something to do it, to make money. Like I, I, I just can't, you know? So, oh man, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. So now, you know, this company now that I'm building, it's basically going to have a directory where you can hire people from Latin America, but assistants, as opposed to one-time gig on Odesk or I guess what's called Upwork now mm -hmm. and many other platforms where you can hire people. Uh, the main benefit here is like all these people are awake when you're awake. They yes. live in Latin America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's like the main thing uh, in terms of the time zone, which is a big thing and many other benefits, right? But mm -hmm. um, point being, naturally, as I'm... Um, so in this case, I'm pick handpicking everyone. I'm not building a platform anybody can sign up for. Yes. I've only accepted between 10 to 12% of everybody who applied. So like it's very yes. few percentage compared to everybody who's trying to apply. Mm. So naturally now I started hiring the best for my own agency. So now my Google ads person is, you know, currently located in Costa Rica. My marketing assistant is in Guatemala and this potential salesperson is in Honduras. Like, yeah. That's awesome. crazy. That's awesome. And it shows like the global economy that we currently live in. It, it's it's yeah. wild. So cool. Um, I, I kind of want to jump in maybe just talking in general about like what software do you use between internally and then a lot for clients, um, at least sure. in the automation space? Okay. Well, um, so we use a lot of different systems, but I'll focus just on the ones mostly to automate stuff. So Agile CRM is what we're using uh, internally and for those who are hiring us, we're also using mm -hmm. for clients. I'm also using Active Campaign, which uh, okay. I describe as MailChimp on steroids. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great system for email marketing automation. Mm -hmm. uh, that's I call it nonlinear, which means there's if and then statements. Like if the person did open the email, send the next email with this title. If they didn't open the email, maybe resend it. Uh, so yep. it's nonlinear, right? As opposed to simple drip campaigns let's say on mailchimp where it's like send email one then two then three but it doesn't matter what the interaction with the user is mm -hmm. i'm calling it either advanced or i'm not sure what the real word is but mm -hmm. you can do that on active campaign the reason i'm using both is because the active campaign crm in my opinion is not good it's yep. way too simple but the email marketing part is great so i'm combining both agile crm and active campaign uh, okay. and it's also for a price related issues. So I actually have a episode on I saw it. <laughs> that I speak yeah. of, like I think for 25 minutes just on the differences and why I'm using both. Yep. So it's both because they're good, but also because both combined is the cheapest you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, it, it, that was interesting. I was watching that video and um, it, it's interesting to see there's a lot of focus on price, which, which I guess the audience that that brings are people that are looking for price and then that's where it, it's tough to really you know find those larger companies that that have the budgets so yeah. what's what's so tough for for me is when i was first starting out 
because I was selling Prosperworks and I what I would do is I would mark it up a little bit, like margin on it, because I'm like, oh man, like people are going to be spending 200 bucks a month for their their three, four Prosperworks accounts. How do I make money on this selling genuine support and consulting on top of it? And yeah. I'm just like, do I mark it up 20%? Like, what do I do to do whatever? And then I start getting to this point where like I'm, I'm underselling clients because I'm being, I'm thinking like, you know, people don't want to spend recurring money from month to yeah. month so it's like can you imagine me asking someone for another 300 bucks a month for our services when they don't even want to pay 200 a month for software but then you start realizing that's like it's different software software i'm the same way that you know software when it starts getting expensive it's like man this is nuts it's no different you pick up your phone no one wants to spend more than 99 cents on a phone app Yet they'll go yeah. buy a cup of coffee. It's it's the value that people have in their mind of, of software. So now I'm, you know, at minimum charging $1,300 a month starting for, for our consulting and support and maintenance services and automation. Okay. And if I was still in the mindset of being worried that they're going to be spending 300 bucks on ProsperWorks and $1,300 on, on our services – then I would have never sold them that. But I eventually just had to break out and be like, I don't need to dictate my prices based on software. And if someone's yeah. really, really, you know, like it, it, the software almost doesn't matter at that point. You're spending $1,300 on, on services with us that like what's yeah. another 50 bucks in a piece of software that we need to automate to save you time. And then it almost I, I like agree. doesn't become a price thing anymore, you know? And that's why I need to shift the focus in terms of that as well. And, you know, now that I've spoken to other people that want to actually use Agile as a one-stop solution because Agile does have everything, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're willing to pay for it, yeah, for 50 bucks a month, you're going to get everything unlimited. Yep. Or, no, I'm sorry, that's like the standard user, which if you prepay for two years, it's 30 bucks a month, which is oh, really wow. nothing. No, it's not. Uh, but... You do get a lot more, but not unlimited unless you go to the like higher, highest up. But you know, the truth is you can stay on Agile and do most of it and still pay less, even probably than prospect works. Mm -hmm. Or oh, for, sure. For, for sure than many others. So when the right client realizes that, you know, they can totally spend instead of 10 bucks a month, they can spend 50 bucks a month per user per month. Mm -hmm. Then like the software is already there, mm -hmm. right? I'm choosing not to do it for two purposes, of course, to save money, but mostly also to basically test my skills on automating all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely this interesting debate of the um, the all-in-one solution that is Salesforce at a core level versus the many SaaS solutions and in integrating together. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it's I think they call it, um, uh, what is a, a good example? Acelo is a good one. They call them... Um, what business process or uh, professional service auto PSAs, I think what they call it, professional services automation. And that's an mm -hmm. all in one tool. So it's like the panda docs of the wor world for like uh, sending documents and, and getting signatures and payments. It's that inside of a CRM, inside of a, uh, you know, you don't need QuickBooks because you use their stuff. So, like, so everything in one. So you know, there, there are benefits to it, right? Like you're going For to sure. get an all-in-one solution. You know, all of your data is in one place. There, there's a value there. But the downside and the part that, that gets me so interested in automation is like, I want to use the best damn help desk that exactly. does, the, like that does help desk that they just do help desk. Like that's all, like they, they know, right? Like that is so interesting to me. Now, how do we make this awesome, awesome help desk work with this awesome, awesome CRM? And yeah. Versus just using a, eh, well, it does this. Oh, it'll do support tickets too. Like, let's do yeah. it. But it's like, so so th that's a very difficult thing. And one of my buddies actually just switched over. Um, he, he's, well, he's in the process of switching. Kelsey, actually, Kelsey Bratcher, he 
is Infusionsoft at the moment, and he's he worked for them for four years, and, and for another four years, uh, he's been consulting. He's actually switching over to Zoho One now, which is an all-in-one solution. And yeah, I, have, I was going to talk to you about that. I have strong feelings about it. Like I, I've like, man, are you sure you want to make that decision? Like you know, I, I guess the thing is, like with Prosperworks, they do CRM so well, and I can't imagine using a piece of software that does not do CRM as CRM like they're not focused on CRM Zoho they're like at a certain point they were trying to be like a Google competitor like you can use our yeah. email you can use our like and it's like no use Gmail use G Suite because the, the, for five ten bucks per user per month the amount of stuff that you get from it, it it's yeah, it's incredible it's so I, I yeah like well, how do you feel about the all-in-one solution <laughs> you know it, it's totally I had this conversation with somebody two weeks ago because you know, she's got a ton of different software. And the reason she was talking to me is because she saw that Agile has everything built into one, mm -hmm. or at least they're trying to. Yep. So Agile is separated, even though it's all one system. They have a main menu that says sales, marketing, and now support. Uh, okay. There's a bunch of stuff for sales, a bunch of stuff for marketing, and a bunch of sales for support. When they started, it was mostly really just a CRM and then yep. CRM with marketing. Now they said, okay, let's build in a help desk. Yep. And you know, what are my feelings? I'm like, listen, I think Agile is great. If you want basic ticketing system and you're not really going to use it a lot, use the Agile version. It's included for free. Yep. Why pay somebody else? But do you want the best freaking yeah. help desk solution? Don't use Agile because, you know, when you have everything, each of the components is not the best. Yes. So in my case, yeah, Agile CRM, the best part is the CRM and the marketing automations. Mm -hmm. It's the best. But they also, for example, have landing page software. They have now live chat. Yeah, they they have so many features. It's crazy. But the live chat is not the best. Mm -hmm. You know, all these other features that are, you know, mostly new, they're not the best. So, you know, I use intercom for my live chat. Yeah, I use Proposify for my proposals, which is, I guess, like PandaDoc. Yep. So why? Because that's the best, you know, software. Yeah, right? yeah. And yep. now I just need to connect them. Mm -hmm. So I told them, look, you can either use Agile if, you know, depending on your needs. Or you can connect it with something else that might be the best for something else that you need. So mm -hmm. yeah, what's, I agree what's... with you and I will always be like, it's all about what you need though. And I do think that integrating multiple systems where each system is best at what they do is the way to go. Mm -hmm. You can automate it or you can synchronize it. Right. But then again, for example, when you really think about it, Zapier doesn't do a two way sync. Oh no, there's, there's to do... tons of, of limitations and that's where yeah, you know, sync and sometimes PySync will, will help in certain scenarios, but there's a lot of stuff that you want to do that PySync is meant for contact syncing and things like that. Like that's not always the two-way sync that you want going on, right? Yeah. And um, so I think that's where it's really interesting. What you're explaining right now with Agile, it's it's reminding me a lot of um, fresh desk, fresh chat, fresh, like yeah. the fresh model. And I think they're also an Indian-based business and they're they're huge. Like they, and the thing oh, yeah. is, their user, their user experience, um, user design is actually really, really attractive. I like it a lot, like looking at it, mm -hmm. but they're going that model of like, get on our system and use everything through us. Like don't use any other thing. And I, I don't like that. Like I want to use the best service and build these relationships with these different companies. And, um, I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing here where it's like, think about the future five, 10 years from now. Do you think we're going to be in the world of all-in-one solutions? Because we've already been in the all-in-one solution. There's yeah. already a lot of that happening. You know, what? what's different about the future? Well, APIs exist now, like really exactly. good. Webhooks exist now, like 
holy crap, you can send data from one platform to another via a URL with some data, JSON data in it or whatever. Like, it's crazy what you can do to connect applications. Oh, yeah. The internet's at a place where it is now that I think we can actually have this, this standard of integrating these different applications together. Now, you just have a company that only focuses on one thing and builds the best damn product that anyone could possibly build. And yeah. I think there's, I think that's what's what the next wave is. Like maybe we're five years away from it being super integrated to the point where it's like, oh, this like, of course, of of course, you use whatever system you want to use for whatever you want to yeah. do. Like, are you what? What do you think? Were you thinking about five years ago? Like that's gonna happen. I feel so. I'm trying to get yeah, like ahead of it. Like I want to stay up to date. Like if you only looked at Agile and you only use inside of it, then you stop paying attention to the the uh, proposal softwares of the world. You stop paying attention to the live chats and like. Intercom is a freaking massive company. And if you have a SaaS uh, software, if you're not using Intercom, you're crazy. Like they own yeah. the SaaS market. That and I'm not. I don't sell software. So I'm like, I think I, should, I, think I need to quit Intercom because it's too pricey for what I'm using. Yeah. You know, I, I tried giving Intercom a try for a while too, but that's the exact what it is. Like they know their target market like the oh, back yeah. of their hand. And that, that's the tough part about it. But it also makes sense. I, I would recommend um, for, for you – Checking out Help Scout, they are working on this thing called Beacon 2.0, which is going to be like a live chat. And their their model, their idea is all about user experience where you're a small business. You probably will not always be there for live chat. So the expectations it sets when someone goes to chat or message you, it's more like we typically respond in two to three hours and it goes yes. more to the help desk. And if someone happens to be logged in right there, which will not be that often, then they can choose to live chat you if it's urgent right then. They're they're all yeah. about setting expectations. And I've never, I've every single live chat software I've seen, none of them go that route. Like you have Drift who's going the bot route where it's like, no, talk to us. We're always here because we're a bot. And then it's just like people just get sick of bots. It, you know. Yeah, I agree. I don't think bots are going to be the answer for many things. And actually, that's why I'm using Intercom because before I had... Um, the other one that's free from it was a Singaporean uh, a company. Chat, Singapore. Um, now Zendesk uh, bought it. Now it's called oh. Zendesk Chat. Uh, oh, Zopim. Okay. It's called Zopim. Z O P I M. Zopim. Okay. Yep. Yes. Well, yes I mean, yes. it was good, but you had to be logged in to show that you were logged in. And now Intercom, I'm basically never logged in, but if anybody writes, I'll get a message on, the, on my phone or an email. Yes. Right. Which is better than what I had before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think setting expectations is the, it's very, very important. And mm -hmm. they do have that thing on the current intercom chat. So then if you go to my website and chat with me, if I'm not responding right away, it says, hey, listen, they typically respond within X amount. Mm -hmm. Leave your email and they'll reply. And, you know, I actually prefer that in many other websites, too, where I go. And I'm like, OK, fine. It's better than the chat if they're if they're not live, because at least I'll be able to send a message and you know, they'll reply. If I go back to the website, the chat will be there. So the history stays there forever, which is a huge thing. Yep. And if not, you know, they'll reply by email. I, like, it's fine. And I think as more and more companies install this type of chats, people are understanding that, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not going to be live right away. It depends on the business model too. Let me throw, I, this, you just click something in my head. Let, let me throw this at you though. Intercom is is primarily a live chat where people are going to be there. Like you go to a SaaS software site, and you see that icon, you know, chances are someone's going to respond to you. So yeah. I almost think that the software itself has an expectation, even though if it says we typically respond in two to three hours, it's almost not true. Like, I'm just thinking this through whenever I see that intercom logo, I know there's a live person right there. Whereas yeah. like, so in this really, really weird way, the software may have set an expectation. Their logo has set an expectation that people see.
So, so maybe like if that's, if you don't want to have a live chat 24 seven, then maybe you don't want intercom for that reason. It's just yeah. like an interesting idea that like, I, I think they own a market, they know their market and they do a phenomenal friggin' job. No one beats them specifically that at tracking, getting you in the lead system and knowing your IP address, what pages you visited and just all this stuff. Phenomenal job. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, cause I, I've, I've had, um, actually a painting client of mine. He tried inter because his web developer was like, "Hey, let's try intercom. Like, we can do a free trial. Let's just see if it works. Like, we've never done live chat. Let's just give it a try." And I told him, I was like, "Man, I've done." Because he asked me what my advice was or advice on it, and I'm like, "We've we've implemented intercom internally, and I've also tried it with a couple of different clients, and we got off of it. It wasn't even the price that did it. It was just like the expectation, the way that the software is built is more for live chat people to be there, and these small businesses can't have someone there 24 seven. So he's yeah. like, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. You know, whatever. We'll see. And I was like, yeah, report back in a month. Let me know. And, and I'll tell you a couple different solutions that we could look into if you don't like it. A month later, sh she comes over and he says, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of intercom. I was like, why, why did you make the decision? And he's like, man, like I, I, I'll be working throughout the day and I'll get up to go to the bathroom and I'll be terrified that like it's gonna ring. And did I miss? Did I miss it? Like it's 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 like you start like working at your computer and you start like stressing yourself out because you need to be there for the person when they come onto the chat. And it's like that should not be what software is doing. That should not be what you know unless you have a full time person there. You know that's yeah. not the mentality. You're a small business. You should not be answering chat support requests oh. simply because you feel like that's what your your customers deserve. And yeah. they don't have that form to go through. Like this information in order for them to move through and it pushes into your CRM. And hey, we have an integration and automation with your chat form on your website that now they they get to bypass that because they just get to talk to Betsy real quick at your company. And now she has to yeah. manually put in the information that it's like th there's a lot of trade-offs with going that route. And um, so it's just like an interesting thing with there's so much software out there. Every, there's It's tough to know what to move forward with, when to use what and, you know. I agree. Um, uh, and I'll tell you, even though I do agree with you that price shouldn't be the main motivation for finding the right solution. It's a part. It's the, the fact that part. it is, for me, in many respects, pushes me to explore lots of different systems. Yeah. Because and I'm not saying always the cheapest, but the cheapest and other systems, because it's got to be, it's never about the cheapest, but the most valuable. Yes. Because look, my first CRM was the free one called Insightly. I'm, like, okay, I'm, just, I'm just starting out. I'm not going to pay for anything. Yeah. And I didn't pay for anything. Yeah. And so Insightly right. was good enough mm -hmm. until I started being able to pay for stuff. And I'm like, okay, Insightly is not the right place. I got to go to something else. And then I went to Solve360, mm -hmm. which I wanted to have a both project management platform and a CRM. And that was exactly that. It was both. And then I'm like, you know, it's not that good for this or that. So we switched to something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense. And there will always be a starter uh, person in the market. So what's so interesting is like Salesforce one day, like when they first started, they were a small to medium business focused company. And now yeah. they're only enterprise really. And they're trying to get back into the small medium business space because they're seeing companies like Prosperworks and Base and Pipe, you know, I was gonna say Pipeify, it's a totally different thing. Pipedrive um, start taking that market. And guess what? If you're using Prosperworks as a, as a medium sized business with a hundred employees, are you really going to switch over to Salesforce when you hit a thousand no. employees and Salesforce is starting to see this and they're like, shoot, like we have all of the enterprise space, but what about these new companies that are growing? Like we actually can't just abandon the small and medium space. So you see in all these industries, they move upstream. Prosperworks is starting to do it. They're starting to move out of sure. small to medium business and more into midsize, which is like large 
uh, small business and 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 um, small medium sized business type of thing. They have a very yeah. and they're slowly going to move upstream. They may never get out of the small medium business space because they saw they're seeing now what Salesforce is doing to try and get back into it. But the yeah. feature set that they start building, like they just built multi currency. So it's like th- that's for companies that are doing business in many different companies or uh, countries. That's not a small to medium sized business feature, yeah. but they're like for us to get in to close some of these 300 seat deals, we need that. So you start yeah. seeing, and, and that's the biggest problem where like, if, if I was using Salesforce as many features and functions as it has, I wouldn't be able to be excited about the release notes. And that's something that I love about Prosperworks. When there's a release note, I like, I get a cup of coffee. I sit down to like read it. I get excited because it's, yeah. it's stuff that relates to me and my clients and sure. I think that's honestly what happens. So Prosperworks will eventually get out of that space and there's going to be the Insightlys and maybe Insightly will move upstream. Maybe these companies will move upstream if they manage to hit it. There's always going to be new businesses starting a different approach moving upstream. So it's like this cycle repeats itself. And, and as an entrepreneur, you jump in at some point and you latch yeah. on and you grow with them, right? And I'll tell you something uh, related now to this part with Salesforce because I'm like, the last time I used Salesforce was probably 2000, maybe 12. So it's been like at least six years. And with the client that hired me two weeks ago uh, and I was consulting with them, we did a live Zoom just like this and we were sharing the screen. I'm like, hey, can you just show me what Salesforce looks like today? Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I'm like, are you kidding me? Similar? It's the same crappy yeah. interface yeah. as before. Yeah. The exact same mm-hmm. interface than when I signed up 10 years ago yeah. and I used it for four or five years. Wow. And I told her, hey, I, you know, I think somebody told me that they have a new interface and like, yeah, they do. And there's like a little button to like switch to the new interface. Uh-huh. He's like, no, it's not that good yet. So I'm still on the old one. And it's like, wow, it's taking them this long. Mm. And clearly I think their interface sucks for Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, companies like Agile, and I haven't seen Prosper work. The interface is just so mm-hmm. sort of easy to use. And um, it, it's a big, big selling point. Mm-hmm. So, so what I love about Prosperworks is... They're the only Google recommended CRM. So like Google actually uses them internally in a few departments. Like Google's using wow. the sales forces and things like that in big departments, but they actually have specific departments using um, Prosperworks. And what, what Prosperworks does is they built in material design. So it's gorgeous. It's it's okay. Google's idea of design. And they'll probably move into material theming. And they've always been the first to implement um, you know, Gmail add-ons, for example, when Google released mm-hmm. them, they were one of the first there. They were on stage, you know, explaining their their Gmail add-on. So if I go into the Gmail app in my phone, Prosperworks is at the bottom, natively in the Gmail app, and I could start jumping yeah. into Prosperworks and doing all this stuff right within Gmail. So they care about that, and that's where I d- decided as a company, I'm not wor- walk- working with Office 365 users. I'm only working with G Suite users and only ones with Prosperworks. So you know, there, there's something I used to think like, should I take Office 365? Like Office 365 could kind of use Prosperworks, but you don't get all the value doing that. And yeah. I finally decided, you know, they're just not a good fit. And and that's okay. There's so much business yeah. out there. And yeah, I think it's okay. You can take that stand. For, uh, in my case on Agile, they have full native integrations with both. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter to me. You can do the same on both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm okay. But the truth is, I mean, unless you're coming from the corporate world, why the hell would you use an Office 365 mm-hmm. Yeah. account to begin with. So yeah. if, if you don't have anything, I'm like, of course, go to Gmail mm-hmm. or I mean G Suite. So so do you have uh, so, the reseller console, the G Suite reseller console? I don't think I have. I have the affiliate stuff and okay. yeah, I don't you, think it even works, which I'm kind of disappointed because I sent some clients through and I think I should have gotten credit, but I don't have them shown up. But no, I don't have it. Okay. So the reseller console, I, I managed to get in right before they rose the limit. It, the limit used to be you need to have 25 active clients 
So if you log into your client's account, there's an area where you can grab like a pin and then you can post that pin and claim them as like your client. And once you get 25 users at that time, then they would say, okay, you can now be a reseller and, and uh, Google bills me and I bill my clients. That's a, like a true mm. reseller. Um, now they rose it to a hundred seats though. So you oh need to God. have a hundred users underneath your account that you've done this pin thing for before they say, okay, you can now be a, a reseller. So wow. th like that's where it's a little bit of a pain, but I have a console I go to now. I think I'm at about like 80 to 90 users. So I'm not even at the hundred yet, but like I got grandfathered in and it's just, it's crazy how much, like, Google does not care about small business. Like, you know, no, that, that, that's so, like, mid-market type thing. But um, you're not letting people like me start a business and try to build on your platform because you understand, yeah, it's a pain to support people like me. If I may ask a ton of support questions or, you know, the, the problems I'm dealing with are small business problems. I know you want to deal with mid-business problems, mid-market, things sure. like that. I get the business sense of it, but it's like in terms of helping people actually grow and become an entrepreneur and build a business that could eventually really help you, you know, they don't care. And that and that sucks. Um, yeah, that's but true. It allows me to jump into any person's account. So I could just go to the dashboard and I could jump into ABC Corp and then I could go in and manage everything from it. So I don't need to have a That's bunch awesome. of separate logins, things like that. Um, what is it called? What's the business manager called? It's just called the reseller console, the, the partner reseller console for G Suite. Hmm. Um, so I'm I'm in G Suite constantly, like a, a client, maybe they onboard or offboard a user. I'm in there like, you know, migrating data from one inbox to another, deleting the account. Like I'm helping them a lot with that stuff. So yes, I've tried to do Office 365. I'm a partner of them because they don't have any limits or, or mid or um, minimums or anything like that. But the problem with them is like, it's a totally different interface. And I don't know, like, it's so tough to be an expert in everything. So I finally just yeah, decided yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, like you just, right. It doesn't but, make sense. Man, we've no, talked about great. a lot of a lot of things. This has been really, yeah, really enjoyable. Yeah. It'll um, be a long episode. Yes. No, I, I had one uh, the other day, or not the other day, but it was a two-hour episode. We were talking deep automation. Was, that was a bit much, um, but for sure. And I'm sure, you know, we, we will be talking. I feel like, okay, so part of the podcast that I'm doing is kind of documenting my journey and how I've been growing. And I okay. really feel like it would be cool to have you on again as things progress, as you start figuring sure. things out. And like, you know, I feel like it'd be awesome to touch base and see what's working for you and just kind of like exchange things like having this mini mastermind, but let other people listen to it as well. Right. Ah, so. I completely agree. And I'd be totally happy and down to to meet with you again because cool. you clearly are as passionate as me. And I yeah. definitely yes. actually haven't met another person as passionate about this geeky stuff before yeah because uh, uh, i talk i go to a lot of marketing stuff and okay people are excited about marketing yeah. but not all this techie stuff yeah oh no and i think that this group that zapier made is is perfect like it's so cool oh, yeah. it's, i i don't think you and me are the only ones i think there's a lot and and i've been dying to build a community around it and yeah. uh that like someone needs to do it because there we need to connect like we are going to bring the industry so far forward so um cool man well where can people find you do you do you use twitter and instagram or anything like that Sure. Um, so I use all of them. Um, in terms of getting in touch with me now, you you actually found me through the Telegram stuff. That's where, yes. where I'm all the time. I mean, it's not really a social platform, but I'm definitely in Telegram uh, there constantly because I'm communicating with my team. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have a Twitter account, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, you name it, I'm in there. So what's what's one? Uh, what's there, what are a couple of your handles? If someone sure. For you. So. I use the company's handle. So okay. right now, until I'm switching now to my personal brand, which I'm going to start to use, but it's basically at Bluminari, the company name, B-L-O-O-M, 
I N A R I, Bluminari. So cool. Yeah. Hey man, this is, this is yeah, stuff. this has been an absolute blast, and I look forward to having many more conversations with you in the future. Thanks so much for your time. The same, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, later. All right. See you later. This is Alex Bass with Analysis Paralysis. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I am planning on doing many more of these. So if you could, if you enjoy this, please, if you can make your way over to iTunes and leave a review. Unfortunately, I think that's one of the only areas that that you can really review podcasts nowadays. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. You could just search for analysis paralysis. If you want to reach out to me, because maybe you want to possibly join me on an episode in the future, we can talk about business process automation, efficiency, CRM. Maybe if you're a business owner that's implemented automation. So please reach out to me on Twitter. Alex H. Bass is my handle, or you can email me at abass at aparalysis.com. Thanks so much.